Hey everyone, Mike and Alex here with the Hill Co Homes podcast. This is our second attempt at doing video along with the audio for the podcast. So hopefully this time it works out and we have it up on our YouTube channel. Um, we, this episode is going to be a, a fun one considering we're going right into Christmas. So I guess you can say this is our Christmas episode. So stay tuned. <laughs> So for all of our listeners, I want to say, first of all, thank you for listening to this podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, Alex and I have only been doing this a couple of weeks now, and uh, we've we've seen that there's been a, a pretty decent following. Uh, we're happy about that. We're excited, and uh, we, we look forward to growing the audience and being more interactive with you guys. So, you know, as, as we say in, in a lot of our episodes, you know, feel free to reach out to us, contact us, let us know what you want to hear from us, and uh, we'll, we'll be happy to talk about it. Let us know if you recommend anybody that you'd like to have on the episode as, a, as a, someone we interview. Uh, if you want to be on the episode, let us know too. We'd be happy to have you. Um, you know, we, we love interacting with uh, anybody and everybody in the real estate community, especially if you're local to San Antonio. But for today's episode, we want to talk a little bit about something that is uh, what we believe is incredibly critical to working any deal, and that is communication. Communication is absolutely key to every single deal. I mean, uh, without that, you're, you have nothing. You can't negotiate. You can't, you, you can't do anything. You won't get anywhere. And, you know, as we've talked about in previous episodes, Alex here is great at doing that. As we've mentioned before, you know, he's new to wholesale real estate, was able to jump in at, on the Hillco team and within, you know, what, 60, 90 days, you know, land uh, about five contracts. And that's, that says a lot about the ability to just not, not just have a hard, uh, a hard work ethic, but to just learn your craft and apply it. So I have Alex here who's going to help me talk a bit about um, techniques and methods and just general do's and don'ts of communication. So let's get started with the seller side of things because obviously that's that's where it starts. Uh, so Alex, uh, let's talk a little bit about that initial conversation when you reach out to, uh, let's, let's assume we're talking to someone who is a cold lead, like we they've never met us, they don't know who you are, they don't know why you're calling. You know what? What are some tips and do's and don'ts and ideas that you would you would like other people to know uh, that are effective when having that kind of conversation? I would say, as a do, um, things to do, I would, <laughs> I would, you know, just straight up build good rapport with people over the phone. You know, um, I would say, uh, be yourself really that that goes a long way i act myself i don't try to act like somebody i'm not over the phone i don't right. try to just be authentic approach. yeah just be very authentic because you know that over the phone you'll be surprised what kind what kind of vibe you can still give off sure. you know and you know people don't like snotty people mr know-it-all <laughs> mr i'm right you know um i try to avoid that as much as possible you know be clear about your intentions um you know tell them you know what, why you're calling, um, who you are, why you're calling, and you know what what is the 
you know, what is what is the the ultimate goal of yeah, that of that conversation? Uh, yeah, I think that's a that's extremely important. You know, setting the expectation um, that I think kind of uh, sets the framework for success because you know if you 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 go into a call and you might tell somebody, look, I want to buy your house. Are you you interested in selling? Um, that's that is an expectation of them thinking you might give them a low ball offer. Yeah. Whereas if you go in there and you set up the expectation of saying, look, I am a wholesaler. Uh, this is what I do. I can give you cash quickly, but understand that it's not going to be full retail value. Then you're already setting that expectation of, yes, the price isn't going to be full retail value or, you know, it's not going to be what they think it might be. Um, so in other words, you're letting them know that, um, in their mind, it's not going to be a low ball offer, but it's going to be lower than what they might expect. Uh, and that, that sets a very different tone than the, the, the initial approach of, Hey, I want to buy your house because most people will automatically assume you're talking full retail value. Um, so yeah, that's, I think that's incredibly important of setting that expectation. And there's all kinds of ways to, to do that. All kinds of, uh, phrases and terminology and, you know, the, the, intonation that you use on the phone um and you know this is a again we we do this every episode but i'll, I'll go ahead and promote and uh, and do a plug for some uh, other hill coast stuff you know we do have a negotiation video course that goes over this kind of stuff we even have actual real life uh, uh phone calls being recorded as our people are on those phones giving you examples of how these techniques work so, you know, if that's something you need help with and you want to check that out, definitely let us know. Reach out to us on our Facebook page. Um, but let's getting back to the conversation here. Um, yes, a definite do is set the proper expectations and be clear about why you are calling them. Uh, so what next, Alex? What, what would you say? Um, well, I kind of want to go back a little bit. There's, sure. uh, you know, you, how you said, uh, mentioned uh, wholesaling, that you're a wholesaler. Um, I, to be honest with you, I, I do say it without trying to say it. <laughs> like, uh, because, you know, a lot of people don't know what wholesaling is. You know, when you make exactly. these, you know, these cold calls, you know, I don't want to tell them, hey, you know, I'm trying to wholesale your property because to them, they don't know what the hell you mean. So, um, you know, I explained to them the, you know, if I did have to explain to them what I would be doing, you know, I would tell them, uh, the way I approach it is I let them know that I have investors or partners that I know or that I have and, you know, that they're interested. They buy properties such as the one that I'm calling about to the right. seller, right? right. And, um, you know, I let them know that, you know, this is where we would need to be for the property. Uh, you know, I would I kind of explain it to them t instead of just downright telling them that I wholesale. Because, one, some people that do know what wholesaling is they think it's illegal so um you know i don't want to i don't want to set off the wrong tone or set off or get my the phone hung up on me and right. then i just have to call them back <laughs> right and, and this we kind of talked a little bit about this in our last episode yeah. with ian as a as a guest uh and we talked a little bit about the misconceptions about wholesalers because um you know like like we mentioned before uh 
in a market like today's market where the real estate market is really, really good, is hot. Everybody wants to be in on it and everybody essentially can. I mean, lending is really easy. Uh, you know, as long as you're able to cover the down payment or the loan origination fees, I mean, you can pretty much get a loan on any kind of, uh, any kind of property. Um, but because of that, it means everybody is a quote unquote investor and not everybody has really done it or knows what they're doing. And so you get these people who call themselves wholesalers that really don't know the game and end up giving you know everybody else a bad name. And so we want to avoid that kind of misconception. And, and I think the, the key to that is transparency. Uh, and again, you know, with setting proper expectations, um, and, and going into a conversation, I think it, it just really depends on on the person you're talking to. Like you can tell when you're on the phone uh, how they're going to receive certain information. Like if you know that person is just going to totally put you on blast and hang up if you tell them you're a wholesaler. Yeah. Like don't <laughs> tell them you're a wholesaler. You're like, yeah. You know, uh, go around it and say yes, I'm with a, a company. We acquire houses, and we you know. Uh, we have people who are interested in buying them or, you know, what, you know, whatever your approach is going to be, you know, everybody does it differently. But, but the idea is that um, you want to be able to be honest and walk them through the process so they know what you are doing and your intentions are clear and straightforward because nobody wants to be in a situation where you're telling them one thing and you're doing something else. Um, I mean, that's that's where that misconception of wholesaling being illegal comes from, because there are people that will say they're going to buy the property um, without telling the seller that there's a, uh, an, a, a clause for a reassignment of the contract rights. And and, uh, you know, a lot of these people are not in real estate. They don't know how to read the contract. So if you go in there and you're telling him this stuff and then you're not the guy that shows up to the closing table, um, you know, that that raises a lot of red flags. So, you know, it, um, and, and, you know, Alex was bringing up that an important point of explaining what it is you do. But I think to take it a step further, don't just tell them what you do. Yeah. Tell them as you're doing it so you can walk them through the process. Yes. Um, I think that's that's a, a, a big key difference from like, you know, what the top performers do versus everybody else. And I know here at Hillco, uh, we have a really good reputation for doing that, not just with uh, working with the sellers, but also with the buyers, because on both sides of that spectrum, there's a lot of uh, paperwork that has to be done. Yeah. And, and this is why we're getting into this conversation of communication is how do you keep everybody on the same page? Uh, and that actually is my next point is documentation. So yeah. Alex, in your experience, let's talk a little bit about um, on average, how sellers respond to the documentation for putting a contract together. So, well, some of the sellers, uh, you know, you got to understand some of these people, uh, there's so, to know first is that there's so many documents you got to deal with uh, pretty much like a packet like you're joining the army you know there's it's the the packets there's the exhibit alpha there's a lead-based paint there's a seller's disclosure there's the iabs if there's a realtor involved there's also the one through four contract that has 10 to 12 pages on it you know and so you got to understand that these people don't know what they're signing so you just got to assume that you're going to have to explain it to them Okay, uh, 
a great acquisition agent or a great wholesaler, what they would do is sit down, explain to them what's right. signing, guide them, control the situation, control the, the signature, the signing of the contract, but also show them and explain to them, right? Now, you don't have to go, well, the way I was taught, the way I was shown, you ain't got to go through the whole thing detail by detail, okay? But what you got to do is, um, you know, guide them and show them the most important things, like the closing, all right? right. What the earnest money is, okay? What are we going to do? Uh, what the exhibit alpha is, what the lead-based paint is. You got to guide them through the seller's disclosure because the seller's disclosure is like three, four pages, and a lot of people don't want to do that. So right. what I like to do is I don't like to give my pay, my contracts to the sellers and say, okay, fill it out or, you know, if you have an attorney, which some of them will will say some of them do have attorney and so they want to show it. Well, what I do is I still just guide them through it. I sit down with them before I even allow them to take the contract to their attorneys. What I do is I show, sit down, explain to them everything, show them like, look, uh, that's fine. You want to take it to an attorney, uh, but look, this is this is. I want to give you a rundown of the contract, you know, so that way everything's laid out, you know. And right. you will get people that say, hey, uh, I do have an attorney. So okay, great. But what you want to do is have a follow up. Give them a deadline. Hold the seller accountable on getting Absolutely. that back to you and express to them that you know time is of an essence. Um, you know, because some of these sellers, they, they don't, they may act like they know it all sometimes, right. but they really don't. And, you know, you as a, as a wholesaler and as a professional, you have to guide the sellers. Now, the buyers, uh, now, when it comes to the buyer, <laughs> and, you know, when we get there, FYI, the buyers typically, they know the documents, okay? Especially right. if they're right. uh, professional investors or whatever you want to call yeah. them. And we'll get to that in, in just a moment. Yeah. <laughs> but before we do get to that, um, I do want to jump in and say that, you know, everybody runs their business differently. So, you know, I'm not here to tell you how to run your business. It's like what we're talking about here is just general concepts and ideas to, you know, help you improve on your business. And however you do that, if you incorporate these concepts and these techniques, that's great. But uh, at the end of the day, how you do that is up to you. And in, in my personal experience, you know, I come from a background of, of the customer service side of things. Um, so, yeah, even though I'm, I, I am a very technical person, um, you know, when I in the world of consulting that, you know, my, my primary business as a consultant going in to help other businesses build out and improve systems around client relationship and, and managing those clients, um, I, I come from the perspective of a, um, you know, a service attitude, you know, like this, the things that I do and no matter what business I'm in, uh, comes from the uh, spirit of service. So for me, it's about, uh, serving the individual I'm working with. And in this case, working with the seller or even with a buyer going through the contracts and the documents is not so much that I'm trying to get them to, um, be experts with these documents or trying to get them to sign so that I can, I can finally close that deal. Um, you know, ultimately it's the relationship that matters because if, if that person does not trust you, if they don't value you and your time and the service you are providing, you won't get their business. Um, so for me, I would prefer having a conversation. Um, and with that conversation, set the goal of making them comfortable with 
the document. Like if they are okay, if they feel comfortable uh, and understand enough of that document to sit, look at you in the eye and say, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll sign. Um, that's, that's the ultimate goal because uh, if they are comfortable and they are happy with working with you, then you will get their business all day, every day. Yeah. And, uh, and ultimately that's, that's a win-win for everybody as opposed to, you know, pressuring somebody into signing a document that, you know, they kind of understand, but they're not a hundred percent sure. And they're going to go to their uncle tomorrow and be like, Hey, I sold my house and this is what they said. And that person who doesn't understand contracts is going to tell them, Oh, you got scammed. And then yeah. now they have buyer's remorse. And now you have this, uh, uh, this chain of events going on. That's going to give you a bad reputation. Um, I would rather spend as much time as possible up front to make that person comfortable and, and earn their trust and build that relationship to make that deal work. Because chances are, if they are happy, they're going to go tell five other, 10 other people, about you and you might get more business out of it that way in the long term. Mm -hmm. um, now the next thing uh, we wanted to talk about is the actual contract. Once you have a contract in place with the seller, how do you keep communication to keep them in the loop? I mean, yep. obviously that's the important thing, right? Because <laughs> I mean, I know if I'm gonna sell my house to somebody and I sign a contract and then I don't hear from you again, like, that's not good. So yeah. like what, what yeah, do you'll you start do? wondering? Yeah. You'll start thinking all these thoughts in your head. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, you know, so what I do is I always, I do my best to have proper communication from the get go. Um, I explain, um, every time I'm done explaining something, I always ask, do you have any questions before I leave? Do you have any questions? Um, did you understand everything? Is there anything I need to go over with you? Yeah. Now, the time I take that contract, I, as soon as we, as soon as we open title, I automatically call the seller and I tell them like, um, just to keep you updated, um, throughout the whole contract and where we're at with things. Um, the first thing that has been done has been the title has been opened or just when it has been, um, given right. the title. So that way, you know, and, you know, if there's any questions or concerns that you have, you know, you know, let me know. <laughs> right, but right. Every time there's a step, even if there's nothing going on and you got like a couple of weeks <clears throat> till something happens or a couple of days, you still yeah. want to give them that courtesy call during that time, you know, uh, to to make sure that they're okay. Anything new with the property? Um, do you, especially if they have tenants or their seller, the seller is owner, right. it's owner occupied right now at the moment during that contract. You know, you want to make sure that they have a place to go. Do y'all still need some time? You know, while we're while the contract's still a title, while we're waiting for title to clear up. Right. You know, you just want to stay constant communication all the time. All the time. That makes them. That makes the sellers feel very welcome, very uh, you know, warm, very peaceful. Mm -hmm. You know, as opposed to you know, not hearing nothing from anybody. You know, until that that closing time comes, and then hey, you, the fact that you never followed up. You know, now they need more time. You know, because of this, they right. need more time to move because of that. And you would have known that ahead of time if you would have just kept following up with them at some point. Now you want to follow up. If there's nothing to go on, there's nothing going on. You still at least want to communicate with them three to five times during that whole period to let them know, 
Did you stay here? That everything's good on your end. Now you're saying three to five times the whole period. Is that the, yeah. the that period is from the point of getting the contract to the point of closing the contract? Yes. If 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 there's nothing else that needs to go on, like so, say if you know, say if uh, there's you know, you already pretty much found the, have a buyer in place already, right? Yeah. Let's just say you have a buyer in place and you. Um, the contracts are good to go. Pretty much all we're waiting for is just title to clear, uh, to close. It's the only thing. There's nothing else involved. Okay. Um, you I need, need to at least call them or check up on them three to five times during, say if it's a 30-day closing in the whole month, you need to at least communicate three to five times to them just to give them, okay. you know, if they have any uh, any. Any questions, new questions, or they have any yeah, concerns, yeah. you know, at least. Now, what would contacts. you say, uh, like looking at the other side of the coin, okay. um, I, you know, I, I, with these kinds of conversations, I like to play the devil's advocate sometimes. And I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> say that this is like uh, that kind of a, a, a applicable scenario, but is there a, such a thing as contacting them or following up too many times? Uh I think if you're calling them three to five times a week, I think that is too much. Uh, I mean, be real, being realistic about it, I feel like you need to at least communicate once a week, at least mm-hmm. once a week minimum, just to let them know that, hey, everything's good, nothing new has popped yeah, up. Yeah. Now, when it comes to that contract, yes, there is such thing as communicating too much. You don't want to bug them, okay? You, you yeah. just want to give them some peace of mind that you know you're staying constant that you're trying to take care of them um if there's no contract i mean like if if you're not calling regarding the contract um and you're trying to get the property on contract Mm -hmm. uh no i call them all the time you know i always what you always want to do when follow-ups come to play you always want to at least get a a follow-up date from them or a commitment on when you're when you can in some way follow up with them you know when i get off the phone okay okay so you just need to figure this out to see if this this deal works for you when can mm-hmm. i follow up with you okay great um do you mind what's better in the morning or in the evening what time is better best to call you right you gotta like right. always in some way get a follow-up out of each call I'd be like all right sir no problem well what i'm gonna do is i'll follow up with you friday all right no problem um when's the best time for me to follow up with you oh okay you're busy Okay, no problem. When can I follow up with you? Do you mind? Now, this is a this is a important technique to use when it comes to uh, sales, but I think more importantly for customer service. Um, you know, and I've I've uh, done some consulting work with a, a client before, where over a nine month period uh, we improved uh, sales by thirty percent and customer uh, retention by fifty percent, and then uh, customer happiness by about seventy percent by incorporating just some very simple things. And one of those things is, again, coming from the perspective that you are in using the spirit of service, right? So what I would do is put myself in a position where that individual feels like they are in the controlling uh, you know, seat of that conversation or situation and that I am there to work for them. I mean, ultimately that is, that is the reality. That is the truth. You know, if you have a investor buyer, you are working for them to find deals, right? Without them, you, you don't get paid because they're the ones who close the deals. They're the, that's how you get your, 
you know, assignment fee and all that other stuff. Your business dies if you don't have those people. So you really do have a obligation to serve those individuals. Now, when it comes to the follow-up side of things, uh, I think this is more relevant towards the, the buyers than it is the sellers, but you can definitely use it with sellers. And what I, what I do um, in the follow-up is I set the expectation, but put the ball in their court and I ask the question, Mr. or Mrs. You know, seller or buyer, how often do you want me to communicate with you? Because I can call you three times, four times a day, but if you think that's too much, you let me know how often do you want to hear from me? And if they say once a week, great, I'll call them up once a week and I'll have it scheduled in my CRM to do that. But if I call more than once a week, they probably won't complain, you know, but if I call less than once a week, that's where the, that's where the trouble starts because they told me that that was their expectation. And if I'm not meeting that expectation, then, you know, that that's my problem, not theirs. Whereas if I'm telling them I'm going to follow up uh, you know, they could easily, very easily forget that I was said that I was going to follow up with them in a week, you know, so, you know, that you don't have as much of a, a, a accountability in that situation. Um, and you, you may have those people that definitely, you know, do expect you to call them when you say you're, you're going to call them and, and you should, you know, be a person of integrity. Um, but ultimately when you give them a little bit of that, uh, that sense of control where, uh, they set the expectation and you rise to meet it. If you can exceed that expectation, then you have the, uh, the critical key components, uh, for having not just a great customer service, but the best customer service that they will ever experience. And that's, and that's just, you know, a couple of, uh, of tidbits that you guys can use uh, in your business. And I, like I said, everybody does it differently, you know, but uh, I, that's something that I have used in the past. I still use today, and uh, and I have seen results. It is very effective when you when you uh, treat that individual as a as a person and not just another contract. Now, getting into the contract side of things, after you close on the deal, is there anything you do to communicate with the seller? I mean, they're they're out of the picture, right? Yes. Um, well, one, if they don't have no other properties, um, I kind of like to end it right after. But yeah. what I always do, though, um, I always do is I take care of my sellers. Um, you know, one, I always um, tell them, you know, how uh, grateful, appreciative and honored I w it was to serve them and being able to, you know, to bring a solution to their problem. And then two, I always ask, is there some way I can treat them? Uh, to lunch, maybe to a movie or maybe to coffee where we mm -hmm. can talk more, you know, build a relationship. I still sure. love to build relationships with everybody, to be honest yeah, with you. Yeah. You never know how far that relationship can go. I've already been asked to come to a family uh, Christmas dinners <laughs> and, you know, all the way out of state. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's too far. <laughs> you know, and I've even had a people you know ask me to come to maybe like a uh, baby shower or something already <laughs> you know i really have and i'm like uh i do appreciate the offer but you know but anyways so what you want to do is really just show your appreciation and always just treat your seller to especially if they've been good whether they've been good or not i always try to be uh right. better than that and i always you know just try to show some appreciation you know i 
people love that and it goes a long way especially the fact that you perform for them if they know somebody that needs an, uh, a, a household or something like that they're gonna call you and be like hey this guy came through I know he's looking for more properties he was great with us yeah. he took care yeah. of us boom yeah and you know, I want to add on to that too like um, the uh, having a lunch or a dinner or uh, you know sitting down for coffee afterwards just to thank somebody um, that's that's a it's it's a really a really great way to engage, um, but I'm also uh, there's other things you can do too. Like I'm a little old school. I like the uh, the old postcard in the mail thing. You know, like I, I like to send a handwritten note that says thank you and you know express my gratitude and you know let them know that uh, it, you know working with them was was a pleasure. Um, you know, I also uh, like to check in on on people uh, periodically without them expecting it you know like maybe a month after the closing call them up and be like hey yeah i know you sold this property because of xyz issues and i just want to make sure that you're doing all right your family's okay you know xyz issues were resolved you know as they're uh, just want to see how things are going you know like you you uh, were really great with working with me in that process and, and it made an impact and i just you know thought about you and thought i'd say hi you know like little gestures like that go a very long way um and that's that's true for both the sellers and the buyers you know it's really doesn't matter what kind of business you're in ultimately it's a people business and when you value people like that um that's definitely going to drive your business to better places um but like we said at the beginning of the conversation like it's important to be authentic about it you know calling someone just for the sake of calling them and you know checking in um, like people know, you know, yeah. like you, you, you it, it's, you really can't fake that. And, and even if you can, um, like that's, it's not going to really help your business. Like if, if you have to be authentic in your, in your appreciation and your gratitude, uh, and, and in your, uh, spirit of service, you know, like, uh, that's, that's just the bottom line, you know, you people, it's a people business. And if you're, you know, working with people and, and they see that you appreciate them, um, they will appreciate you. And um, that gets us to the second half of our conversation, which is going to go a little bit quicker because we've kind of talked about a lot of the same uh, techniques and, and, and concepts. But working with the buyer side of things, um, I want to talk about this first and then I'll let Alex go in. But uh, I think one of the, uh, you know, same thing like with the sellers, you want to set the expectation. Um, and that's definitely true for working with a buyer, you know, let them know, uh, what to expect with working with you. You know, if you, uh, are, are consistently communicating with that person, um, eventually they'll, they'll figure out, you know, what your system is and how you talk and, um, you know, what, what to expect from you in terms of like emails and text messages and phone calls and things like that. But I think, um, the extra added a degree of something that's important to keep in mind with that expectation is understanding their needs and goals because I mean ultimately like let's face it like if you are an investor and you have a hundred thousand dollars to put in a property but your wholesaler is sending you deals at two hundred thousand dollars that doesn't do me any good like if if I only have a limited budget um, I don't want someone sending me deals I can't even afford uh, and the same thing goes like if you if you're looking for a property and you have your numbers and you say um, I'm looking for something with 
I don't know, 18% minimum return. Uh, and, and your wholesaler is saying, sending you deals that you calculate at 16, 15, 13, uh, percent return. Like those, that does not meet your criteria. That means to me, if I was in that position, that means that my wholesaler is not listening to me. And, uh, and, and that's not a good sign with working with someone like that. So I would say definitely understand the goals, the needs and the requirements of your investor buyers so that you can cater to them. You know, like if you have a proper system set up, then you will know anytime a deal comes across the table that meets their requirements, you can send it directly to them. And, and, you know, like I love being able to say, Hey, Mr. Mrs. Seller, this is a, the, the perfect deal. It fits all of your uh, criteria. It's exactly what you were looking for. Um, let me know how soon you want to move forward with it. And I mean, that, that will accelerate the, uh, your capacity to do business with investors, uh, dr- dramatically. And on that note, do you want to add anything to that, Alex? Yes. So by this time you've, I'm assuming that you've already found the right buyer for the, the deal. Now, this is something that I've learned. This is, it might sound a little, you know, a little rude, <laughs> but I believe this being a wholesaler, you gotta, you gotta babysit everybody. Okay. This is, is to me, it's a babysitting game. Okay. Mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta know what my seller wants. Okay. And then I gotta go out there and find a buyer that want that has a solution to my seller's problem. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know that I have to hold everybody's hand in this game because I gotta, as this being my deal, this, I, I have to have control. I have to have control with the seller. I have to have control with the buyer. Okay. Now I'm not telling them, you know, Hey, this is what it's going to be. And that's it. No, that's, that's not what I mean. I have to know, uh, what my buyer needs, what my buyer wants. And I got to know what do I got to do to perform and to get this deal right for him. And mm-hmm. then I have to go and I have to relay that to my seller. Uh, and so like, for instance, so say if my buyer wants, uh, to owner finance the property, right? Um, he wants the property, right? The, mm-hmm. the numbers work and everything, but he wants to owner finance it. Okay. So now I have to go to my seller and I have to discuss them and give, and, somehow you know get them to uh, owner finance now if it doesn't work it doesn't work right Th- some things work some things don't right but you know being being the fact that my the my buyer still wants this as a as a deal but still wants the property because it still works for him mm-hmm. right i have to make it work in some other way um whether that might be uh, maybe cutting down a little bit on my fee to actually make this work for him because owner financing is, is was a better strategy, extra sure, strategy sure. for him. Now, whatever that case is, I got to be in constant communication with both. I got to know just as I've just as as I have expected a follow up date or a follow up time or a, a follow up on my documents with the seller. I got to act the same way with my buyer. Now, sometimes what I find sometimes is, you know, I'm not trying to put any buyers down, but I've seen and I've heard, I've dealt with buyers who just don't care about communicating with you, right? That's why I say this is a babysitting game because (laughs) you will have to hold people's hands, okay? I'm just gonna pretty much say this out the window, right? You gotta hold everybody's hand and you, 
cannot allow people to control the deal but you. Okay, you can make them. You can make people feel like they can have control. Right now, now the, there's a difference now. The seller, as you said before, you were saying you want to make them feel like they have control that you took care of. Right, and that's what you want them to think too. You know, what I'm saying like they have control, but ultimately, ultimately, you need to be the one holding the seller and holding the buyer together and making sure all the way through, you know, through this entire deal that everybody performs right and that you perform mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, you gotta. And an interesting thing on that is that um, for investors who are experienced, like they know this, like they they know uh, they're dealing uh, they can tell if they're dealing with someone who's experienced or not because um if you're putting them in a position where they feel that they're in control um but they know that they're not in control like i think there's a a level of uh, of respect and reputation that you can build with that um and even even still like having that conversation um is that gives you a little bit more leverage, you know, like even if the investor says, um, like, I don't uh, like, I know you're trying to make me feel like I'm in control, even though you are still running this. Um, and, and, and they want to take over, uh, you know, that's, that's where it's important for you as the wholesaler to, um, you know, stake out your ground and say, yeah, like I'm facilitating, I'm facilitating this transaction, and these are the things I'm like obligated to do. And that way, again, you want to set the expectations. You want to be clear about what you're doing. You want to be transparent at every step of the way. Um, and I think if, if you're doing that, those kinds of conversations won't ever happen. Um, and, and yeah, like Alex is saying, like sometimes it is a babysitting game. <laughs> Majority of the time it's a babysitting <laughs> game. I'm not going to lie. Okay, because, you know, it's... What people don't understand is that these buyers they they hold the money, right? They hold the money, so to them they're gonna they're gonna tell you what they want from the deal. They're gonna tell you, hey, look, it's either this or nothing, right? Okay, so you have to set proper expectations with them and explain to them what's going on with the seller. Tell them why they're selling. I explain to them what's going on with the property, what it needs. What, there's any titles, this and that, right? I have to use, mm-hmm. I have to be uh, communicative with my buyer and be upfront and disclose everything. Because if you are hiding anything, the buyer's gonna know. Okay, the buyer's gonna get an appraisal, especially if they have a lender. The lender's yep. gonna want an appraisal. They're gonna look thoroughly through the property to make sure that it's a fit for them and that it works out. So you need to set proper expectations with your buyer. Explain to them, like, you know, look, this is what the property is. This is what the seller situation is. I know this is what you want. It's a perfect fit for y'all. I know this is exactly your criteria and uh, what you're looking for. Uh, but look, this is what we need to do to make sure that this deal happens. You know what I'm saying? You got to set the expectations for them to let them know up front. Like, look, I know this and that, but this is what it's going to be. You know what I'm saying? Right. This is what it needs to be, you know, in order to make in order to make the deal work now you know there's always never never had one deal that has gone smoothly not one deal okay because it, the perfect deal does not exist okay there's a successful deal that exists <laughs> right and that's when you close and everybody's happy okay yeah now some buyers are just going to treat you like crap okay some sellers are going to treat you like crap but 
if you want to overcome, if you want to, you know, have a successful deal, you need to stay communicative uh, in constant communication with both sides, okay? And make sure everything's good. Now, people are going to hate you throughout the whole deal. It's just going to happen. But when you perform and, you know, you've shown that you've got the, the buyer, what he wanted, the seller, what they needed, you'll be surprised how many attitudes and how many, um, you know, how many people are actually going to turn their mindset around about you. They're going to, you know, be like, man, I can't believe you actually came through. I'm, I'm appreciative. I've had deals like that. I've had mm -hmm. a buyer who just would completely try to sell me that I have to take care of him. I have to baby, you know, mm -hmm. I have to do everything for him because he's, he's like, he has all these funds and this and that. And to me, I don't care about what you have to me. Well, all that matters to me in a deal is that you're cooperative and you're communicative Yeah. now and that you commit on your end. You know what I'm saying? Because right. you got to understand some of these buyers, man, if you, you need to make sure your buyer is going to perform. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Especially definitely. meeting their terms. Definitely. And, um, so we're, we're getting pretty close to the end of this, uh, this podcast episode. And, uh, the last thing I wanted to talk about was, um, again with, um, Buyers, after the contract is, is sold, everything's said and done, payouts are, uh, everybody's gotten paid, so win-win for everybody. Um, you know, there's still an aspect of follow-up with customer service. Um, this is more important on the buyer side than it is the seller side because most of the times, sellers are only going to have one property. You know, they're not going to come back and sell you another one. Um, every now and then you will get that person who is a, you know, a, a landlord or something they have, you know, five or six rental properties they just want to get rid of and they're going to try the first one with you. And if they're happy, they'll do another one or another one, so on and so forth. But most of the time you're talking to mom and pop, you know, people, yeah. these are people who are not in real estate and these are people who, um, are motivated sellers that have a reason to get rid of their house. Maybe it's a probate, maybe um, they're behind on their mortgage or maybe there's, there's all kinds of reasons, right? But with the buyer side, these people are going to typically be regular investors. Like they have money that they want to put in multiple properties. So that means when you sell them a deal, that's not the only sale you're going to make with them. I mean, it, I guess it depends on how you're, how you're running your business, but you know, typically you could, uh, make continuous sales with the same investor. So follow-up is, uh, is essential with this, with these buyers and not just, uh, for the, for the conversation of the sale, but post sale, like call them up and be like, Hey, I know you were doing a flip with this property. How's that flip going? Yeah. Is everything going all right? You know, do you need help with contractors? Uh, are, would you recommend a contractor? Cause I have another investor who's trying to do a similar flip like you, like what, what are your thoughts on this person or this company? Um, or, you know, whatever the, the deal may be, you want to have regular communication with that person. Just, you know, be ever present with them. Um, you know, and, and going back to what I said earlier, this is where it's important to have that conversation and say, you know, Mr. Or Mrs. Seller, like, I mean, uh, buyer, um, you know, if, uh, I, I know you want to be regularly purchasing properties, but, um, is it okay if I follow up with you once or twice a week or once or twice a month? Um, what is okay with you? How often would you like 
for me to follow up with you. And if they tell you once a month, then you schedule yourself once a month to touch base with them. And, and, you know, you, you do that, you keep that relationship going. And, uh, you know, that's part of, uh, you know, again, going back to us doing plugs for everything on Hilco, but I mean, we have a template CRM that helps you do this, this exact thing. This is what we do. This is why Hilco is growing so quickly, why we are successful, because we have systems in place to help us be better at communicating with uh, the the buyers and the sellers. Like we want to make sure that we are building relationships and generating quality business because ultimately that's what's going to grow the business, right? You want to have quality people and quality results. And, um, you know, little things work just as well, like send them a, a Christmas card and Christmas, you know, and, and that's something we're actually getting ready to do here at Hilco. Um, anybody who has, uh, you know, uh, done business with Hilco, uh, we want to send a thank you card to them. Um, maybe it's a Thanksgiving card or something, you know, whatever it may be. If you happen to know what their birthday is, call them on their birthday and say happy birthday. If you know their wedding anniversary, you know, I've had clients that uh, that were really close to, to me that I would call them up and, you know, say happy anniversary. And, you know, it's not so much to try to get another sale out of them, but to let them know I value them as an individual. And, you know, ultimately, when it's time to buy another property, they're going to think of you first. And, and that's, that's where your quality of business, uh, starts to improve. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much it for today's episode. Do you have anything else you want to add in? Make sure you are communicating with the seller and the buyer. You will be surprised by not communicating how much more crap you're going to get in the deal because one, you aren't keeping up with both the seller and the buyer. And so now you got the buyer's lender wanting to do something and you were never communicative so now you're doing it last minute don't do things last minute with the buyer or a seller get it done when it needs to be done and uh watch watch how how well you close (laughs) awesome well that's it for today's episode and uh i hope you guys have a wonderful christmas and uh we will be back uh probably next week. Yeah. So, uh, enjoy your holidays. We'll see you guys soon. Peace.